You are listening to a podcast from Influence Church. We hope it encourages and empowers you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Enjoy the message. Come on, give Jesus the praise. Wow, thank you so much. Um, man, that just reminded me of school, you know, back in school plays and just like coming in and waiting for my part and be like, come on, I can't wait. And then you come out and you think you freeze because you see everybody's faces and you think, oh gosh, what am I doing? Um, but it's just so great to be with you. By all means, take your seat if you want to or you can stand with me. I would love, you know, I'm not going to make anyone feel guilty or... Are we all doing well? Are we all right? So good. It's really, really good to see you all here. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pray and then we'll go straight into the Word of God. I, I really am believing that we can, we can have a bit more fun tonight and just enjoy the presence of God. I, I don't believe our gatherings will, should be devoid of the presence of God. Every time we gather, something has got to happen. We've got we to experience the presence and the power of God. Because we also understand that in order for the, for, for the people around us to be transformed, uh, they, they're not interested in, in, in stories that we read somewhere. They're looking for what the very same truth about Jesus has done in our lives. And they want to see him at work in us. Amen? Uh, and maybe tonight, part of what we're trying to do tonight is, is to just create an opportunity for him to, to, to transform our lives. To open our hearts to something greater than we have known before. I've got a message that I, I, I prepared uh, to, to, to bring to you tonight. And it's from the Old Testament. Oh yeah, no, you, yeah. I mean, we're going old school tonight. You know, and, and it's, it's, it's a very common scripture. It's, it's that guy called Moses. You know that guy? And, and, and I want to just talk to a few Moses in the room. A few people who can resonate with Moses and the assignment that was upon his life. And then his journey to fulfilling that assignment, which I think is a classic representation of what we have experienced as men and women of God. Amen? I know Gail just mentioned a little while ago about, um, about our journey moving uh, from Southampton to Manchester. But actually, before we were in Southampton, we were living in Devon. We were in Devon for about eight years. Uh, let's just take a moment <laughs> to just reflect on the beauty of Devon. And, you know, and then now we moved to Southampton and now we're in Manchester. Whew. What a transfer. <laughs> Keep going. Okay, and now I'm in Barnard Castle. Come on. <laughs> Amazing. Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. I'm going to quickly read, and then we're going to go into it a bit more. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 to verse 12. And it reads, And now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. And verse 3. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up? 
When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, that's very important. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him and from within the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. And verse 5, do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Aren't we grateful that we don't have to live in that time where we can be afraid to, to, to experience God in such a real way? And verse 7, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians. And to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land. A land flowing with milk and honey. The home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Can you tell I've been practicing? That was good, wasn't it? Verse 9, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. Somebody say go. go. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And but Moses said to God, who am I <laughs> that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. It's when you've brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. I want to speak on, 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 on this idea uh, that you and I are being called into an assignment with God. This particular assignment has got nothing to do with whether you're a pastor or a leader or you lead a small group or it has everything to do with you being a child of God. And, and, and what we see here is a classic moment where a, a, a key figure in the Old Testament is, is in, engaging in his calling, in his assignment from God. And what I want to try to do tonight is I want to take you through the different steps that he went through. And I'm sure that at different points you will resonate with one or two of those different stages. And then at the end of that, what we're going to try and do is we're going to deal with some stuff and say, Lord, you know, I don't want this to become the hurdle for me, you know, in fulfilling this assignment that you're calling me to. I want, I want this thing to be broken over me. I want, to, I want this thing to be broken off of me because I want to step into this assignment that you're calling me to. Because we understand that, you know, I, I love towns. How many times we read in the Bible that, you know, Jesus turning up to a town and things just going absolutely crazy. Overnight people experiencing a presence like never before. Lives being transformed. Barnard Castle can be that place as well. Come on. Richmond can be that place. Bishop, eh? <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> Listen, this is number one. If you're taking notes, this is key. Number one, it's verse two to verse five. The first point that we see where Moses does something that 
activates God to call him, and it was this. Moses took a posture of curiosity. Moses was curious. Now, it says this in verse 2 to verse 5. It says, there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. And Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not what? Burn. And then verse 3, pay attention to this. He says, so Moses thought, I will go over. That statement alone is the key part. It says, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up? And then verse 4, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush. A posture of curiosity is what ultimately led to God calling out to Moses and say, hey, now that I see that you, you, you are paying particular attention to what's happening here, come on, let's get involved. Let's do business now. Let's do business. We've got to remember, in the context that we're talking about here, it was normal to have bushfires. Because he was in the barren land. He was in the desert. It was very normal to have, you know, bushes just catching fire. But for him to notice that even though there is a normalcy to this thing, I'm just going to be a little bit curious right now and see what's really going on here. And in that moment, God says, yeah. I want to say this to you tonight, that maybe in the normalcy of your day, in the things that might seem a bit normal and ordinary to you, maybe God is asking you to take a posture of curiosity and begin to, to find out what God is doing in the normalcy of Barnard Castle. In the normalcy of what's happening around the town. Because you see, towns are prone to routine. You can move from one end of a town to the other without even consciously thinking about where you're going because you're, because you're accustomed to routine. But maybe it's in, it's in that routine that God is looking for you to, to consciously take a posture of curiosity. When was the last time you were curious about what God is doing in the town? Just walking around, it's like, yeah, I've walked around this place a thousand times, but today, I'm going to walk with a posture of curiosity. You know, I've done this so many times, I can drive past the place several times, but sometimes I could be stuck in traffic. Welcome to Manchester, hello. <laughs> stuck in traffic, and then I finally just get to look to my left and realize, oh, wow, I didn't realize that was there. Same road, thousand times, different moment, curious, notice something different. And I want to say to you tonight that with everything that God is trying to do in and through our lives, I know there's an aspect of God doing a new thing. I know we love that. We love the new thing. But there is something even more powerful when God can do something new through the normalcy of what we already have. And he says to Moses, he says, hey, now that you've taken this posture of curiosity and you're, you're coming to to, to check out, you notice that there is something unusual about this very normal occurrence. Let me say this to you. There is something unusual that God is doing in this season in what may seem to be very normal circumstances. But it takes you and I leaning into God a bit more and just saying, hey, I've, been, I've lived in this place for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, and maybe some of you 40 years, I don't know. 
But you're going to deliberately connect with God and say, hey, I'm going, to, I'm going to be a bit more curious. And let's see what God can do. Take a posture of curiosity and see what God can do. In my household with four kids, come on, I have, you know, I, the most used phrase in my home is like, daddy, what's this? And even the things that I think I know the answer to, when I'm asked a very direct question, I'm actually thinking, oh, actually, why? Why? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, you know. <laughs> Daddy, why does this do this? I'm like, um, okay. Daddy, what's this? Okay, that's a microwave. Okay, so how come when I put something in there, it gets, you know, it gets really hot? And I'm thinking, um, how do I explain gamma rays to my five-year-old? You know, so it, it, it's, it's that curiosity, that posture of curiosity. Whatever you do, please never lose that. You may have been walking with God for a very long time, but never lose the posture of curiosity. Number two, you got to remember this. This is very important. You gave your life to Jesus Christ. Now, when you give your life to Christ, you're basically saying, hey, use me for whatever it is you're up to. Whatever you need to do, hey, I'm up. Sign me up. Because watch what happens to, 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 to Moses in, in verse 6 of the same chapter, verse 6 to verse 9. Then the Lord said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And at this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And then verse 7, he says this, watch this. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. No mention of Moses. It's got absolutely nothing to do with Moses. He says, I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. No mention of Moses. The one who is being brought into the assignment or activated into the assignment is not the actual reason behind the call. Point number two is this. It's not about you. It's about them. The call on our lives has nothing to do with us. It's more about those who are yet to find the love, the power, and the, 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 whole, the wholeness that is found in Jesus Christ. It's about them, not us. He says, now, for that very reason, Moses, you're up. Can I say tonight, for the sake of Barnard Castle and everyone in it, influence, you're up. Hmm. You're up. Because God is saying, hey, you are here for that very reason. It's not about you. It's not about the comfort of our gathering, but it's about the, our, the effectiveness of our scattering. The gathering is great, but the gathering must prepare our scatter. Because Barnard, Barnard is waiting for this very empowered church full of the Spirit of God, determined to fulfill the call, to scatter and begin to reveal who Jesus is. It's about them. Oh. Watch what he says. He goes on to say that. The call from the Lord is not because of you. 
But it is because of the cries of the people around you. There are people crying right now. Some of them are probably praying in this moment saying, Lord, I, I, I don't know you. But, but if you're real, send someone to come and speak to me about you. And then God says, aha, I know somebody. Huh, yeah, I know, some, I know somebody. And then he places this burden on your heart. And then the response from us is, you know, somebody else can do that. And yet God is saying, you, you, yeah, you. The call from God has nothing to do with you, but it has everything to do with the other person who is just calling out to God and saying, look, if you're real, if you're there, give me a sign. Just get some random person to just come and talk to me. And that random person happens to be you walking down the street, and then you get this nudge or this sense that you need to speak to somebody to speak to that person, but then you decide, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Can you see how big this has just become? you got somebody who spent the night just saying, God, if you're real tomorrow, I'm going to be in town for about two hours. Just come on, just show me a sign. Just, just show me a sign. Just random, random sign. Just anybody. And then they're just walking in town saying, God, I asked you last night. And then God says, yeah, go. I'm fine. I'm going to get John from influence, he's going to come into town and I'm going to make sure your paths will cross and I'm going to give him a nudge in the spirit to say, yeah, speak to that person. Even if that may not even make sense what you're, going to be, what you're about to say, but even if it's just as simple as, hey, Jesus loves you and that person is like, oh, wow, that's exactly what I needed. The call is not about you. The call is about them. So the next time you feel like you want to, you want to preserve your you know, your dignity and you don't want to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation, just think about it. Just think about it for a moment. It is bigger than us, church. It's about them. Moses came up with all kinds of excuses. We know the story. He's like, hey, by the way, have you not noticed that I can't speak properly? But it's amazing how in chapter 4, whilst God was having this conversation with Moses, he was also having a conversation with Aaron. And he's saying, hey, Aaron, whilst you're in this place, I need you to go and meet up with your brother Moses because you've just been called into an assignment to complement the place where he is weak. <laughs> All of a sudden, you've got multiple people being moved into position at the same time because God is looking at the big picture. And he's saying, hey, whilst I'm calling you, I'm also going to call this guy. And then I'm going to call that guy and that lady over there because all of you are part of this big picture of God where he's really moving people into position because it's not about you, it's about them. He says, I, don't, I can't speak properly. You know, do you not know this God? And it's like, I said it last night, yesterday when I was speaking to the leaders and I said, God already knew of your limitations before you knew of his expectations from you. He already knew. And he still chose to call you anyway. <laughs> it's like, God, do you not know? I know. I already know your limitations and I'm still calling you. I'm still choosing to call you. 
How amazing is that? What I've learned over time is this. The moment he's called me into something, he, he's already done a risk assessment. Because <laughs> I know I'm risky. I'm, I, hey, come on. I'm risk all over. I'm like, God, if you're going to use me. <laughs> but he's already done a risk assessment. He's like, yeah, you. And tonight you need to hear this. Yeah, you. With all your limitations, with all the reasons that you can give and you can say, well, you know, I can't do this because I want to. He knows all of that and he still chooses you. How amazing. Any more excuses? It's about them. It is not about you. And then the third one in verse 10, he says this. Now that we've dealt with this this posture of curiosity and we, we, we have this real heart and understanding that it's not about me anymore. It's about them. It's about the people I'm being called to, the people who do not know him yet. And he says, now, from that place, go, I am sending you. Third point is this, you have been commissioned. You have been given authority to go. See, you've got to understand this. When, when you've been commissioned by somebody, in this particular context, whenever you are sent to do something by a senior official of any kind, you go in the authority of that official. You with me? And that's why for some people, it was dangerous to be sent. Because whoever you're being sent to, whoever you've been sent to, could potentially retaliate against you as a message to the sender. And this is why for Moses, if you remember, one of the encounters he has with the Lord is this. He, 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 the Lord said to him, oh, hey, put your hand in your, in your pocket. And then when he brought it out, it had leprosy. And he said, put it back in. And then he was healed. And then he did the whole staff thing. And he turned into a snake and then became a stick again. All of these are attributes of the authority of the one who is about to send him. And what he's trying to say to him is this. You need to represent me well. In the authority, the fullness of the authority that I carry, which is full of divine power, full of supernatural ability. And you need to reveal that wherever you go. <sighs> and it's exactly the same for us. He said, I'm not sending you. I'm not sending you without being equipped properly. You have all authority. You have all power. You are commissioned by him. That means everything at his disposal is available to you. Wow. You have been commissioned. And this is my favorite part. Verse 11. The objection. Trust me, I am an expert at raising objections before God. It's like, he said to us, well, move from Southampton. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute. Hold on, hold, hold on a minute. What do you mean? Move from Southampton. Because do you not know? Like, come on. This is big for us. As a family, that means uprooting four children and my wife and start again in a completely different location. 
Do you know how crazy it is to try and get school positions and get houses and, and start to build friendships? And especially when you've got friends like him that I have, and you're like, oh, God, you know, I need to find more friends, right? Do you, <laughs> Do you know how hard it is, God? Objection. Moses went through exactly the same thing. And says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Now, I need you to read that again. The emphasis from Moses has nothing to do with the bigness of God, but it has everything to do with his awareness of who Pharaoh was. Have you ever done that before? Well, you are so aware of the bigness of the assignment that you tend to forget the bigness of your God. I know you guys maybe never had that, but I have. And he, his issue there is not even about how, he's not saying, God, how can you send me? You are, you are all-encompassing God. How are you, how you going to send me to a little fire over there? No, his objection is, I grew up in that palace. Because remember, he's the guy who grew up in the palace. So he knew what happens when people come before Pharaoh. He knew. He had seen it. So his emphasis is like, hey, no. I pray that tonight something will shift on the inside of our hearts. Where, and whenever we're faced with any assignment, our emphasis and our focus will always be on the greatness of the one who is sending us more than the bigness of the assignment. Are you with me? It, the greatness of our God should become a greater reality to each and every one of us more than this assignment that he's asking us to get into. In comparison to the greatness of God, what is it to reach a thousand people in our town? There's plenty of space. What is this? In light of the one who has commissioned us, Ooh, that objection must be bloated out. Maybe tonight you want to pray, Lord, can I become more aware of you than I am of all the challenges that I might be faced with? Can I become more aware of you? The next one is this, verse 12, the assurance. And God said, God is gracious, you know. God said, I will be with you. God said to him, I will be with you. But you see, that doesn't help if you've not taken time to know and understand the one who is sending you. Right. So if I'm going to walk in a dark alley, right, and it's pitch black and maybe there's I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, oh man, this is, this is a scary place. The last person I want to walk down that alley with is him. Because he'll probably just leave me and just like, just be like, yeah, you're on, you're on. No, you wouldn't do that. He's, he's, he's lovely. He's lovely. If you do not understand the one who is sending you, you will not be able to find comfort and confidence in his assurance. When he says to you, I will be with you. And even in the face of the discomfort of what you're about to walk into, 
And he says to you, I am with you. If you haven't taken time to, to, to embrace the revelation of who he is to you, that statement will mean nothing to you. Are you with me? And, and tonight, I pray that something will break in our hearts and we begin to, to see him and begin to understand what that means when he says to you, I am with you. That means the host of heaven are with you. That means there's nothing, absolutely nothing, that the enemy can do to try and remove that truth upon your life. He says, God, I'm with you. Go. I will do whatever it takes. If it means you need a word of knowledge, I will give you a word of knowledge. I will give you a word of prophecy. I will even enable you to heal them. If whatever you need, you have the full backing of heaven. I am with you. But if we don't understand, just, bro, come up, come up, come up. Come this, this. Oh, good man. Look at that. That's how I should have come up on stage, not all the way through there. Watch what happens here, right? Noah is put in the position where God asks him to do something. Or let's put God to one side. All right, so Noah looks at me and thinks, okay, yeah, this guy is, you know, I think he's probably a bit bigger than me and, you know, he's a bit older. And, yeah, I think, I think if, I'm, if, if I have him around, I feel a bit more confident. Would you feel a bit more confident with me? Yeah? Good. Okay. Now, if I say to him, Walk outside, there's a group of rowdy young people over there that are just, you know, doing their thing. I'm going to ask you to just walk there, but don't worry, I've got your back. He, the, the confidence he will have or lack of is entirely dependent on his perspective of me. If we have journeyed together and he knows that I would never let him down, I will always have his back, and no matter what, I would rather put myself on the line than to compromise him. Whenever I ask him to do something, say, hey, just go, don't worry about them, just go, I'm with you. He will confidently make that move, knowing fully that he's, somebody's got his back. But if he looks at me and thinks, <laughs> man, really? And then I say, hey, I got your back, man. Come on, just go. I'll be right behind you. And then as he starts walking, I just decide to do this. I'm like, like, where's he gone? What's happened? And I feel like that's what we do sometimes as believers. Is that we're all good to do this thing with God as long as we're still within our comfort zone. The moment he asks us to do something that requires trust, we struggle. Oh, it's going quiet, bro. The room is going quiet, isn't it? Ah, I really pray that tonight God will break this thing. And that's why I'm, I'm just touching on it and hitting hard. I want God to break it so that when we come to the point, we say, hey, listen, there is an assignment in Barnard Castle, and I need you to go and speak to some people down the street tomorrow when you're walking down and just going to do this and just, I'm going to give you prophetic words. I'm going to give you, I'm going to show you how you do it. I'm going to give you words of knowledge. Just go for it. Open your mouth and I'll feel it. Oh, he hasn't told you exactly what he wants, what he wants you to say. He just said, open your mouth and I'll, I'll give you the words to speak. His confidence in me is ultimately what will determine and define his response to my instruction. Tonight, not tomorrow, tonight, we need to pray into that. We need to ask God to bring this fresh revelation of himself to us that will build this confidence in us 
to say yes even before we know what the assignment is. Thanks, bro. That's very, very important. Be assured. There's that key assurance that comes from the Lord. I am with you. Let's stand together. Can I get the guys back up, please? I am with you. In other words, come on, let's get on with it. There is an assignment. Come on. Let's get it done. I am with you. Is that okay? If you guys just play for a little bit and, and, and let's just reflect on some of these things that we've spoken about. And really begin to, to ask God to dismiss. You know where you are. You know which place you're faced, which place is your biggest challenge. You know. I, I don't know, but you do. And I, and I want to encourage you to bring that before God and just say, look, I don't want to struggle with this anymore. I don't want to be stuck in this place anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. I understand that I'm part of a big assignment. You're calling me. Not because of me, but because of them. There is a cry for you. But you need, you're going to use me to help them. Is that okay? And maybe just in the next few moments, just begin to reflect on that for yourself. Where, 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 which stage are you at? Which one is your challenge? Is it the objection? Is it the fact that you're, you're not really leaning into curiosity? Is it because maybe you don't fully trust him? Well, maybe tonight he could do something to bring transformation to you. You have a calling on your life. It's not about being leaders or anything. It's about being a child of God. It's that, that, is, that is the point. That's what he's saying. I'm calling you as my son, as my daughter. I'm empowering you to go. I am calling you to go. God. Mm. And I want to pray for some of you if that's okay. But I want to just get a bit of time to just pray. And maybe not just... You know, not just a team praying, but maybe you, you might want to pray for each other as well. And, and, and we, it's, it's like an army coming together and getting ready to go out. It's like we're all getting ready to go out. It's like, God, come on. Come on, Lord. As you're doing some stuff in our hearts, as you're doing some stuff in our lives, we're ready to go. Use me, God. <laughs> Just a few moments, come on. Just a few moments. Jesus. In the normalcy of your day, begin to be a bit more curious than you've always been. Lord, what are you saying right now? What, what are you doing? And I promise you, the more you lean into it, you will see things. You, he'll, be, he'll begin to reveal to you. He'll begin to speak to you. It's not just for any, just oh, certain people. It's for all of us. 
She don't have to earn it. He's freely given it to us. If you have a song that you sing and you can go for it. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Influence Church. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Influence Church, empowering you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God.